How very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Might as well just try to make an intro here now before more chaos ensues. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm Tyler. Say hi, Sean. Hi. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. God damn you. Say hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Fuck you. And... Sorry, I'm, I'm just a little busy. I'm, I'm doing Minesweeper right now. I got, I got caught up. Who the hell keeps... Who Priorities. still plays that? I'm an old man. I grew up on Windows 3.1. You are like two years older than me. Uh, something like that. Just an old soul. Do you have any gray hairs at all? Because every time I see you, sometimes it feels like you've aged like like in reverse. No, I don't think so. Although I do have like all the colors of the rainbow in here somewhere. It's from walking, watching too much Pocahontas. That was dumb. Bad joke. I'll come back yeah. to it. We'll come back to it. I'm just, um, I'm I'm just so deep in the anime that just like crazy colors come out of my face. You're trying to do it like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thing going on? I, I suppose, yeah. That checks out. Uh, I'm starting to get my my actual like white gray hairs right up front, and I'm very into it because I'm going to have a sexy-ass solar yeah. box streak. It's I don't know. Great. All my friends are getting gray hairs. My brother's two years younger than me. He's got some gray hairs right now. Can't see any. Sean, you'll understand someday. You, um, well, actually, you struck me as the kind of guy who will have like gray hairs, like kind of growing up from your body. Like you're gonna have a gray bush before anything else. I I think that's Oof. what I've got. Like it's kind of like gray. a picture of Dorian Gray. Like I just don't age, but my balls do. Josh, please don't talk about your balls. <laughs> <laughs> I am picturing your balls for the first time, and unfortunately, it's not I'm the first also... time, Tyler. Don't lie. You know, you, you manscape, and then like you get done, and you're like trying to just kind of like broom all the all the hairs together. You're like, oh, okay, that's kind of different sections have different colors. I mean, yes, that's very true, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't compare it to the picture, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that photo, like, picture of him supposed to be, like, him, like, like a mutant? Like, with weathered skin and, like, missing teeth and, and like, an eye? Just one eye? Or, like, he's holding an eye, an extra eye? Like, he's got one eye or something like that? Yeah, know, yeah. It, that... Yeah, I don't know. It was a bad joke. Well, Let's talk about I just want you to know that now I am picturing your balls as being very weathered and almost what's that skin condition called they used to put them in colonies leprosy yes leprosy yeah you yeah leprosy my balls, balls have seen some shit i guess i don't know leprosy balls. my balls have seen some shit seems like it should go on a t-shirt anyways welcome to the show if you've never been on the show before we talk about comic books check out our merch going shop to try to where we sell t-shirts my balls have seen some shit yeah Hashtag trianal. Um, so uh, let's talk about some of the things that uh, came out this week. We uh, had a pretty light week overall. Past two uh, weeks. 
yeah, this it's not been a whole lot to discuss, and there's not all that much going on in the news outside of the people praising this into the across the Spider Verse film. Mm-hmm. Um, Shit's a ten. And I want to talk yeah. about it so bad. And I you guys will try my best, Josh. I will try. Yeah. Maybe I'll spoiling. go see it tonight. It's okay. I believe in you. Maybe Wednesday for me. Yeah. Maybe. I think the also the uh, reason that it was kind of a slow week last week was because last Tuesday and Wednesday were the fifth Tuesday and Wednesday of the month, which is kind of like a sort of catch-up week in the comic Yeah, the, the weeks where things that have been delayed finally co- might come out. Like World Tree. Yeah. Was it delayed? Well, World Tree 1 got delayed due to a printing error. I remember Just that, the A but... cover. The A covers got okay. delayed. Weird. Yeah, it is what it is. It kind of, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It kind of feels like the, the industry as a whole has been very... Um, they've been in a rut for a it, couple of years now. Lackadaisical. There seems to be so many Something. paper errors. Like Trying to cut cost has cost them more because they've gone with inferior products to cut costs. And that leads to problems. Yeah, there's also a lack of consistency. Like, I feel like yeah, I pick like up a comic... Between issue to issue, like, issue four of a series would be, like, thicker paper, and then issue yeah. five of the comic would be, like, tissue. Yeah. yeah I exactly. feel like Marvel is, like, the bigger perpetrator of, like, going for just the cheapest material. Like, I feel like those issues, some issues, are just, like, paper-thin, real, like, maga- Single maybe magazine-type paper i would say even thinner honestly because by the time they put the ink on it it just becomes so flimsy and weak that i get the pages already wrinkled realistically yeah, yeah i have seen that like there's so much ink like the paper is not able to hold the normal amount of ink the paper gets warped yeah yeah i know so it's that wrinkles but you see like that kind of lifting off of the page like bump yes bigger bumps and warping are you? I feel like I'm also seeing a big issue with like smudging as well. Like I'm getting comics almost all the time now that have like just big ink smudges on something. It doesn't have to be a full page, but it's at least a couple panels, mm. and it's always at least two a month for me now. I don't know. I, maybe I don't pay that much attention. I've been noticed smudging, or else I think it's intentional. I don't know. Well, I only care about it because I feel I I, I worry about. Um, you know, collectability, realistically. Yeah. I guess I just worry about it being something that... Tyler, your Spider-Man collection is almost worthless. The ink blushes don't matter. (laughs) Yeah, the JRJR artwork makes that collection worthless anyway. Oh, whatever. You've you've even said that it's some of his best art that you've seen lately because he is (laughs) doing it on... Some of his best work lately. He's letting mean Junior it's good. Junior back into Spider Man. He's he's the Barney of Bo's Tavern. Just take him out, like and somehow he finds his way back in. He is like <laughs> the finest example of nepotism. <laughs> it, it really like, is nepotism. He would like, not have been. He wouldn't have been allowed within like a hundred feet of the building had he not been <laughs> one of the fa- the son like, of one of the founders. Yeah, one of the biggest. He like comes yeah. running up to the building with one of his pieces he's like hey guys i can draw and they just shoot him just a sniper takes him out from across the street i like him he, he has a, a artist maybe i don't know maybe we've just never seen his good art like he just has a 
very distinctive style. And if he strayed from that style, we wouldn't be able to recognize it as his work. I'm just saying, it, it like his absolute worst was with uh, Action Comics, with that weird ass Gorilla Grodd, <laughs> that was like an attempt at a gorilla, but it looked more like a guy in yeah. a Sasquatch costume or something. I think I got the free comic book day comic for that, and I was just like, this. Even from that, it just did not look good. I'm disappointed in myself. I completely missed free comic book day this year. Ah, no sales. There no wasn't free really comics. anything exciting like of the single issues coming out well there was the rick remender sacrificers preview yeah there was that but there's also you know the sales that come along with free comic book day stuff where they're always like hey here's half off this graphic novel selection blah 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 yeah you know they always move something really fast that's some that's the joy in it my favorite thing is when i can go to the bins and then i get a pack of comics for six dollars but they're worth like 30 Mm -hmm. i love that anyways um Let's talk about uh, what we're going to be reading. We're going to be talking about City Boy 1 by Greg Pak, Green Arrow 2 by Josh Williamson, Action Comics by Philip Kennedy Johnson, World Tree 2 by James Tiny IV, and Indigo Children 3 by Kurt Pyers. Uh, so, City Boy 1, uh, Greg Pak, Kurt Pyers, and Rockwell Wright. It's oh, two writers, also... yes. Okay, thank mm. you. Um, so City Boy number one, uh, this is one of the, uh, AAPI, uh, History Month comic book, like Celebrations, We Are Legends, uh, comics coming out from DC Comics, uh, during the dawn of DC, and it's a, actually, Josh, why don't you tell us about what the plot of this story is? Yeah, so this is the third one after, I can't even think, The Vigil, and what was the other one? That we read spirit oh. spirit world yes spirit spirit yes. world spirit spirit girl spirit world spirit world yeah so this is i i get all sorts of kind of inklings and like feelings towards like oh this kind of feels like maybe this comic or this comic but i can't quite pinpoint exactly what this comic feels like uh but we basically have our our narrator who has lived in this city. It seems like just this one city. I can't think of a name of what it's been called. Uh, All his life living on the streets and has come to know the city as a being, having its own sort of consciousness. He kind of has a feeling for the city. And so one day he happens upon a mad scientist doing an experiment to, of all things, access the consciousness of the city and so he gets caught up in the experiment gone wrong ends up gaining powers from this experiment gone wrong and continues to live life on the street until a higher purpose has called on him to defend the streets become this the avatar of the city he seems to have a relationship with the city but tries not to use his powers for fear of waking whatever this consciousness that the city has. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, Intergang is working with Darkseid to recover the tech and abilities that this boy has. Mm. It's kind of weird. It should be noted that this uh, character is first seen in Wild Storm's 30th anniversary special oh. and Lazarus Planet uh, Legends Reborn. Um, 
So this is his technically his third appearance, but uh, his solo series debut. Yeah, they were it's an interesting kind concept. of just teases. Yeah. yeah. Um, the art is decent. mostly well put together. I would say that it's not the most intense thing I've ever seen, but I just talking about the art. There's an interesting stylistic choice that I've noticed with his character is that he he's wearing a mask. Like a surgical COVID, a COVID mask. mask. Yeah, yeah. And if he was weird, like, instead of taking it off and on, it's basically slip it under your chin and put it on. Yeah, like, and that kind it's of kind of weird. Still seeing that superhero in... mask, like, oh, I gotta go fight some crime. I'll put my mask up or something. Maybe I just found it weird still seeing this stuff in comics. Yeah, I mean, I still like see the... people wearing those when I go out and about all the time. That, that's more of a yeah. Eastern, uh, yes, sort of thing where. They, they, they had masks already before. COVID, I know, but he's... Where if they were sick... They, but he's they like... Or even just for fashion. Yeah. Born and bred American. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's just a... It's, influenced. It's, it's just a plain black mask. It's not like, oh, I put fangs or some symbols or anything. Yeah. Like. It's just a plain black mask, as far as I can tell. It might not like it might not be COVID-related. It might have just been... Oh, no. They no, thought it's it looked definitely, cool for the uh, character. More of a cultural thing. Okay. But I just kind of, like, I was reading and I went to, like, the next page and I was like, wait a second, and, like, flip back and I was like, are we still it, it definitely like, feels COVID like... stuff in comics? So this this is a Chinese city? I, I can't really... Korean. Korean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's a Korean city. Okay, that makes more sense why they would have a stall that sh- that sells Chinese food. It's like, here in I... China, like, it's just a regular restaurant that sells Chinese food or something. Well, the character is Korean, so I think that this is... He, he could he be in America? No, I, I, no I think there's is... so much text on all the buildings. Uh, he's in Korean. Metropolis. Well, he might... Yeah, so I figured he might is just he? be in like Chinatown or something. Yeah, it says Metropolis then, when we have the flashback to him as a child, and then it oh, says now. That okay, and so he's just yeah. living in... What do they call it? A-Town? I think in the action oh. comics they refer to uh, the folks being in A Town. Yeah, A Town is the like refugee camp okay, area okay. for the War World people. It's not just like Asian camp or something, Asian town instead of Chinatown. Like as an overall, yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm I'm not really A A P I Town. You were commenting on the mask earlier, and on the cover, he's actually got, you know, some art on the yeah. uh, mask. So I guess I was kind of surprised about the oh, yeah. choice to not really show that all that much in the uh, comic either. Um, I'm sure, like, when he kind of is doing stuff, I'm sure I'll pull it up. But he didn't really have much chance to use it in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even um, when he's exhibiting all of his powers and warping an entire building around him from yeah. a building. He's, he still doesn't his powers, put the mask up. His powers They're are not... kind of like the Revelio spell from the Hogwarts Legacy game with okay. a bit of like the Doctor Strange world moving. Like moving yeah, buildings they, and they almost have kind of like a cybernetic thing where he can x-ray his wet, x-ray through the city, but somehow it highlights things of importance. He's able to yeah. find money, objects of importance, figure out, you know, they're like, oh, we can use your powers to figure out who has security. Yeah. 
who's you know not own things like that. Yeah, because in the um, Lazarus Planet story, like we see that when he touches stuff, he sees a glimpse of who owned it and like how they lost it. Yeah. Okay. Which is weird because you could do like we already have Spirit World, but you could do your own sort of detective uh, thing here. Uh, once again, kind of like a la Cost- Constantine or something, where you're channeling the spirit of the object. Yeah, I think this was the most interesting of the three. Uh, I, I'm not sure yes, I agree but... with that. It seems a bit more haphazard, meandering maybe. Like It seems there's a yes. lot to unpack, but it's hard to get across in the first issue. Yeah, but I think I wasn't really in love as the other two with the other two as much as you might have been. Yeah, this um, feels like the most modern of the three. Like the visual kind of feels yeah. like a mid two thousands kind of comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like something that's spun out of like Wildstorm or uh, the Authority or which it did. Yeah, Stormwatch, something like that. Yeah, it feels very much like that and. I'm sure I would have enjoyed, like, I feel like I wasn't the right audience for Spirit World. I'm sure there are people out there who know more about this kind of Asian fantasy stuff that love it more than I do, but... Yeah, I mean, I think they are trying to target a specific audience of people that, like... Yeah. That enjoy manga or anime and want to maybe transition over to, like, more American-centric kind of comics like dc but i think this is the one that most appealed to my interests yeah i i had no idea what this was going to be going in like i didn't read lazarus planet so i I had no idea what his abilities were yeah i only read that little story before like two minutes before i started this one it was only like a little like five or six page story yeah Mm -hmm. they advertised these enough but didn't really say like have a little blurb like, oh, hey, meet City Boy. He's got the powers. So yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't think these were that well marketed. Mm-mm. Yeah. But somehow he's got the ability to find things, see through to the truth of things, or find things yeah, of importance. But he has the ability to, the to also, he is connected to the city. He's got some sort of perhaps Faustian bargain with the city to gain the powers, but also maybe he's confined to the city or something. But he also has the ability to kind of like manipulate matter, as we've seen him uh, in just the Lazarus Planet story. He was in Gotham using his powers. Okay, so he's not confined so he to the city. Yeah, um, it, it it's strange. I guess we'll you know find out more as the story goes on. But it's yeah, not I found quite it, concrete what's going on. No, I found it like a unique superpower like it's kind of rare to come up with yeah. a new superpower nowadays yeah but i feel like this was something with, i hadn't really seen before no with, definitely i agree but with spirit like... world we had like oh here's the mission we got to go save Batgirl. and with the visual it's hey welcome to the team let's see if you can coordinate them R- rule over them be able to manage the team with city boy it's survive Basically.
He has. I don't know. No it's just allies. not the most compelling thing I've ever really seen. But I, I mm. still find I, I agree with what you're saying. Like conceptually, it's very cool. Yeah. yeah. I, in my opinion, this is the strongest of the three. But I don't think they were the best things to begin with. They're not. It terrible, being the best though. of the three is, they're all fine. Yeah. But. Yeah. I just haven't loved any of them really. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um. So at the end, uh, one of the people that was, I think it's one of the people that was present at the uh, experiment gone wrong. Uh, they were working with Intergang, which. When was the last? I don't know when the last time I saw Intergang. They last time I remember seeing them was the 2015 Lois and Clark yeah. series by Dan Jurgens. I feel like they've kind of fallen out of fashion. So like, I was like, I think I recognize those outfits, but I couldn't really place them. And then they're like, Oh, here I am with Intergang. Watch, I just happen to be right here watching the whole shenanigans go down. We've been tracking the energy source. And he's yeah. talking on a communicator with Darkseid, which seems yeah. like too high of a uh, bad guy. Darkseid's first ever appearance was in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen on a monitor like that with yeah. the Intergang boss. Okay, well that's... Yeah, so there is a, a history and connection with it, but it's just, the character's he's changed become, a lot over the years. Yeah, he's yeah. gone up in power set. What but... does this have to do with the anti life or the yeah. anti-anti-life um, equation. The life equation? City life is awful. City life is anti-life. He wants the yeah. city life equation. It's indifferent. Yeah. The city is indifferent to your suffering and joy. The city crushes people and lives off of them. Greg Pak has never really been the most compelling author, so I'm not too surprised He's... by this. He's an author. I found him hit things. or miss. Yeah. I think that people have been able to improve upon the things that he's done before. Like, I think that, you know, World War Hulk and Planet Hulk were enjoyable, very enjoyable. But I think that the things that spawned from it, the things that have been built off of it, have been massive improvements from what he's created. Yeah. Um,. Do we have anything more to say about this comic, or do you want to move on? No, we can move on. Ratings? Mm-hmm. Maybe like seven a 7.75. Seven yeah, 7.5, 7.75. Like, there, there is definitely a lot of room for improvement, but it's, it's a decent first issue, I guess. Yeah, this one had enough of a hook to get me, invest- to, get me to check out issue 2. Vigil... Yeah didn't but i'm going to check out issue two just because of ram v yes because i'm like i, I know he can do good stuff vigil. so yeah well we know that didn't. he can do good stuff because like he's written one of the <laughs> most praised comics of all time yeah yes yeah and there's more stuff that ram v has coming out he seems a bit stretched uh, in lately i can't remember if i sent you guys a thing but he's announced his next project with uh, Felipe Andrades, or whatever the name was, the I saw uh, something yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, the right, the artist of Layla Star. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go with seven point two five, mostly because the art really 
felt very underwhelming, I think. And I probably would have been able to enjoy this ever so slightly more, and it would be more in the 8 range if the art was an improvement. I didn't find the art that bad. It's fine. It it's serviceable. I would say it was but above the, serviceable. But yeah. I, I feel like in order to tell an interesting story... Sometimes the story or the plot is is just so good that it actually will supersede the art. And it makes it more of a like a niche indie thing almost if the art's just serviceable but in this case because it's kind of just an okay uh execution of plot with serviceable art it's it just a bit of a by the numbers sort of thing yeah and that's disappointing to me because it just is like oh i just filled some time but yeah uh let's move on Let's talk about uh, Green Hour Number Two by Williamson and Sean Isaacs. Josh Williamson, so, not just any Williamson. Josh. The Josh of Williamsons. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, why don't you tell us what the plot of this issue is? Um, I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> there, there is no real plot here. Yeah, so it's kind of carrying on from the last one where. Ollie is kind of on this different planet in the multiverse with his bow and arrow and his family members being teleported to him. Meanwhile, Roy and Diana are going ready for war, going after Amanda Waller because they know she's involved in this. And Ollie gets to meet Leanne, who is Roy's daughter, and they kind of have some good banter. And... That's kind of the story. This issue kind of ends with um, <laughs> I, I think Ollie. The they establish that there is a force keeping their family apart yes. in the multi in this universe, and that's kind of proven when Ollie remembers Connor Hawk, and as it's soon like as he remembers my him, son. yeah, the transport thing boots up again, and they're sent elsewhere. In time and space. Yes. Ollie had looked like he had been there for years. Apparently, it's only been a couple weeks. Like he's, he's Ollie gets dropped in a random, <laughs> unknown world. He goes absolutely feral. Yeah, he is a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am on Earth eight six seven five three zero nine sector. Yeah, whatever. Every time that he gets dropped into a location, he just grows his beard out and starts using random <laughs> debris and detritus <laughs> to make a new costume. Yeah. They're like, he gets mistaken for a green arrow, so he's still kind of near-ish to Earth, not just cast way far away or anything. Yeah, they think he's a Green Lantern, don't they? That's what I meant to say, Green Lantern. Yeah. And they're like, wait, you're just a guy with, like, a bow and arrow. Sticks. Just sticks. (laughs) You throw sticks at us? Yeah, it's more than that, though. What's your power? Uh, I can throw sticks at you, and I can grow a beard really hard, really fast. Watch me. Here I go. Um, I think this issue kind of stuck the landing that the previous issue set up. Last issue was kind of... I was unsure on, but I feel like this issue kind of... Josh is pulling faces. No, no, I'm not okay with this. This is just not exactly garbage. It's just not my thing. 
Um, yeah, yeah, no, no I I'll, I'll stick around the just first to, I'll stick around just to see what's what the deal is with Peacemaker. Yeah, just... the issue ends with Peacemaker and his female counterpart, Peacewrecker. I I feel like the first issue was so much exposition that it kind of set the whole plot of this series, this little mini-series, up in a way that is against its own favor. And the art is still really good. It's fun. But I definitely feel like this is going to be a forgetful mini-series by the time it's done. How long is the series? I think it's six. It was six. It's been extended to 12 due to sales, and it could be extended to an ongoing. I mean, DC has done this with a few things recently, like... yeah. DC has done this a few times recently, like with the Poison Ivy series. Mm. Well, it's because that's what the audience wants. You know, fans out there want a Green Arrow book. They want a Poison Ivy book. They want a Flash. Do they want a Poison Ivy book? I have never once. I have never once heard someone say, "You know what? I really want just a solo Poison Ivy book." That was the uh, obviously not talked to the horny bisexuals. Yeah, that was uh, G Willow Wilson. Is that yes? Okay. It's on the um, list. So, I, as the bigger Green Arrow fan here, I guess I'm curious how you felt this was done. Because it feels like it's fun having um, him put in a, a place that's unfamiliar. I don't have an issue with that. I actually like that quite a bit. But I guess I'm just wondering about how this feels overall. Yeah, the uh, first issue made me kind of realise that I like Green Arrow more than Green Arrow's supporting characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, I like Ollie being fun and doing fun, yeah. wacky things and being out of touch and crazy. I already feel like the next issue is completely missable. <laughs> like, oh, the next issue is just Roy and Dinah versus the peace team and maybe we get a couple scenes with ollie figuring out where and when he is and maybe we get another special appearance by like a green lantern or something Mm. Um, who's the lady that he fought what was her name tigress i'm trying to recall Troublemaker? Troublemaker. Troublemaker. Any idea who mm. she is? She a new character? No clue. Nope. Um, I like the stuff of Ollie and Leanne interacting. I like when he tried to make the chili, like the famous Green Arrow chili. And oh, okay. He was like, yeah, this is garbage. <laughs> yeah. For shame. I feel yeah. shame. I find the plot of the book interesting. No, I find the idea, like the premise of the book, interesting. That there is something out there trying to keep the family apart. Yeah, I find some of the plot interesting. I love Ollie as a character, and even here, despite the plot being kind of weak, I love reading him as a character. The book just isn't executed amazingly. I have no Mm -hmm. idea what's really going on. We're still waiting to see what happens. 
It's like we're just yeah. spinning wheels for a while. Oh, hey, here's Count Vertigo with a guest appearance to do nothing. Yeah. I'm Maybe next issue we will reveal a... where Amanda Waller has gone. I'm just happy to finally have a Green Arrow book again, and I hope it sells just so we keep getting a Green Arrow book. Yeah. Because we had Ben Percy's run during the Rebirth stuff a few years ago, and that was great. That was acclaimed. People loved it. And then he jumped off, and they hired Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, who we know from Batman Beyond Neo Year, the Captain America stuff at the minute. Yeah. They wrote two issues that were I really enjoyed. It was the best thing I've read from them. They had this whole, like... 30 40 issue run planned out dan didio signed off on it and was like yeah this is great guys we love it editorial signed off on it they started writing the third issue and got told by editorial that it was their last issue on the book I because they I were taking yeah green arrow was ending because bendis was using him for event leviathan i blame you tyler what even Fuck was you. the leviathan was that the friends we made along the way Yes. It was a character who hadn't been seen since 1972. Oh, right. Now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. yeah. And there was no reason why Ollie couldn't have appeared in more than one book like Batman does. But they were like, no, you can't use Green Arrow because he's in the Bendis book. Yeah. It's not the first time that DC's done something like that, uh, though. I've, I've heard the same thing about Jeff Johns utilizing... Shazam. Um shazam and plastic man even though we didn't get a plastic man book for a very long time either and but it's like I'm, as well james tynan's batman stuff where he was just creating all these original characters yeah exactly because yeah because he'd write a script and they'd be like oh yeah um change of plan you can't use this character he'd rewrite the script and they'd be like cool actually this character's a no so he just started making again, his own characters because yeah, but it's again, it's a question of like it's it's not even just the character. It's just it's not abnormal for multiple for a character to be in multiple books. I mean, Batman has how many books now? It just, it just seems really silly. Know, to have this weird policy. Thirteen. So why is it that they're they okay. don't want them bouncing around? It doesn't make any sense. I wonder if this is the same issue in Marvel because I know it's a consistent issue with DC. Mm. Um. I mean, Captain Marvel, not Captain Marvel, Captain America's appearing in a bunch of stuff, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Oh, However, they did... <laughs> well, they did get rid of Ms. Marvel for the Spider-Man writer. For now. <laughs> I I agree that this is a an interesting plot, and I definitely feel like it's an improvement from the first issue, because, man, that first issue was rough. But I guess I'm just wondering where my investment is going to be in this because at this point it feels kind of heavy-handed in its execution. I guess I want to say, be you know, like it's it's very much okay. Well, you should care about this and the fact that he is stranded away, uh, and they are looking for him and his family is looking for him. It's just. I should care, but right now I just don't know that I do. do you, why do we think Amanda Waller is responsible for this? Why do you because Leanne said as she was being teleported away, she was like, find Amanda Waller. Mm. Okay. I don't care. 
This is like six and a half, six point seven five for me. At least the art's nice. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more than Josh. It's like seven point seven five. Yeah. It's like a seven five for me. I can't say that it's the best thing. If, uh, I can't say it's the worst I, thing, but yeah. it's definitely difficult. I also feel like I'm struggling to get excited by it because Josh Williamson doesn't have the best track record with DC stuff. Yeah. Well, it kind of feels like he's having a rough track record right now anyways. I mean, I don't know what's going on with... This is better than Superman. This yeah. is a yeah. lot better than Superman. Yeah, but that's it's all limited to just DC stuff. Like we all enjoy Dark Ride. Yeah, and you've but even some praises about like Nailbiter and yeah, it, whatever look, the other one was. Nailbiter is just kind of average, but oh. it's consistent. Birthright is what you're thinking of, but no, I, that was, was a third one. Was, what I was going to uh, say was with Dark Ride. At least I'm finding myself. I don't know. Copperhead. Me, I could be wrong. Kyler. It was. I feel like with the more recent Dark Ride stuff, I feel like I am wondering a lot of the same questions that uh, I was asking myself with this as well. You know, the first couple of issues of Dark Ride seemed more consistent. The last one seemed more like a filler or something and less it, put together. It doesn't quite feel like we're diving as deep as we should on Dark Ride. Yes, Ride's. thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, and, and I wish that I could just chalk it up to him being overworked because he is. I think he is thin. overworked. He's doing Green Arrow, Superman, Dark Ride. Um, he's doing. There's a Batman and Robin book coming out soon. He's doing. What else is he doing? Um, Stuff. Yeah. Things. Stuff and things. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. Let's uh let's move on to Action Comics ten fifty five by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Rafa Sandoval. Mm -hmm. I think Josh might be slightly positive on this one because of the character's appearance. Oh yeah, thank you for remembering that I called yeah. that. <laughs> How um, crazy is that? Yeah, so this issue kind of deals with the previous issue ended with Superman offering Metallo his help to find his sister, and they were like, Yeah, we're still enemies, but like I will hold my word and get your sister back. And this issue kind of deals with them searching for Cyborg Superman, who is the sister. Yeah. yeah. And to do so, they recruit the Eradicator, who is a Kryptonian vessel of death. Yeah. <laughs> to, to keep the, the bloodline pure. the coolest pure. pair of glasses. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's so bright, he has to wear shades. He's basically if Superman was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. I, I would say, I don't know. I don't know about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think of someone, like, lesser. Like, I don't know, Luke Evans. Like, Luke Evans plays Bat or Superman. But, with but no, it is like, eighties, like, it is like the frame Terminator shows. sunglasses. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> they, they look like the sunglasses where, like, oh, I went to the eye doctor and now I have to wear these kind of wraparound <laughs> shades. I can't let light in, or my my pupils 
will fall regular out. daylight will harm my eyes my cataracts yeah uh you know it's one of those characters that when you do see it's just so ridiculous it's just it's really enjoyable i can't mm-hmm. complain i really can't it's nowhere near as bad as most of the other like rogues gallery stuff that you've seen out there that's just like 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 he's a degree of camp that you can actually really appreciate yeah yeah i really enjoyed I, there it, was like Leeson run there was some good camp in there when they're like you you can't bring this guy back he sucks man <laughs> like i'm gonna bring him back we need him <laughs> Well, it looks like we've got either the stench of clone and a half-breed Terran child. Would you like me to eliminate them for you? <laughs> I yeah, I found this issue a lot of fun. Jesus Christ, no, dude! <laughs> you gotta—it's like a child. You gotta redirect them. Like, no, but we do have a task for you if you would like. Yeah. But I just love as if. He, as if Superman just like brought them on. He's like, just wait here. I'm just going to get your um, executioner ready. <laughs> it's here like, we go. Higher eradication. Kill, kill those children there. <laughs> See, no, not these children. Those children. Yeah. That's what we're going for. Kill those ones. Yeah, the abominations. The half-breed <laughs> and the clone. Yeah. Whenever, you know, you're a child. Oh, well, he didn't. John didn't really get to be a child. But if he had been... There was always maybe the constant looming threat. Do you want me to get the Eradicator out? Oh God! Just like maybe get the Eradicator. Like the kids, like he'll chase you around the world. That's. Do you guys do you know anything about the La Llorona? Oh, the the movie. Yeah. No, well, it's an old uh, Hispanic myth. Of course, we got to capitalize on. I can't wait for El Chupacabra. El Chupacabra. El Chupacabra. El Chupacabra. No, it's just I, I bring it up because it's like a uh, a threat tool that like Hispanic parents love to use on their kids whenever they're acting up. They're like, "Oh, you keep at, you keep crying, La Llorona's gonna come and drown you." Yeah. Like, Second Jesus only Christ, right? to just like a human-sized chanceletta with eyes. <laughs> um, chocolate. The um, La I get the name. The chocla. Uh, what do they call them? Chocolates. Morbius. Um, Pickle Rick. When the <laughs> Russians are like referring to him as some name. Oh gosh. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. It wasn't Baba... <laughs> Solenya, the pickle man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, quick thing at the very first, like you open the book, uh, Scott Abush. Scottaboosh. Whoever Boom. decided to put in Scottaboosh. They, oh my god. They were I don't just know what that choice was. All but... over the place. Like, how do you do, yeah. fellow millennial or yeah. fellow Gen Zer? Here, kids say Scottaboosh, right? What was the quote? Thanks. Don't get cocky, kid. Yeah. Like, oh man, From we've been Star showing Wars? him. Yeah. We've been showing him Star Wars lately. We need to learn Mandarin by doing a movie and game night in Mandarin. No, I agree. I think this is a lot more fun than uh, you know what they should have done. They should have like instead of like the boom when they when they do the laser eyes, they should have like lasered someone and gone like it's lit, fam. Oh God, I'm never. Please don't ever write a book. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, please Ah. do it. (laughs) Um, Um, And also, there was more funny bits later on, like the uh, Oslo and Otho. Otho. Um, yeah. 
when they were like giving um, Metallo the cold shoulder. Yeah. And he was like nice to them, and they've kind of redeemed him a little bit, which makes it almost, which I'll makes me certain he's going to die next issue. <laughs> Something, yeah. yeah. Oh man, so Hank I feel like Henshaw... the art's improved here too. It, yeah, I think so. I think it's a different yeah. colorist because was it this one? Yeah, um, Matt Herms did did the colors in this one. And oh. I don't remember seeing that name before in Not the series. Either. It was it was the second backup oh, no. portion. It's been him this whole time. Okay, well that's he got, weird because he like that previous issue is just better. very different. Yeah, something happened because this is like this is a big improvement from. Yeah, I was just before. thinking about the the second backup, the Steelworks stuff, uh, where like they were going so much harder on like the Gen Z whatever gen y i don't know like lingo when they're trying to knock into the tower i don't know if you guys actually read that part but the first couple mm. of pages is just like all sorts of lingo i don't know mm. anyway uh, yeah this is gonna sound probably a little weird but sometimes i actually have to remind myself that Superman is a sci-fi book more than anything else. And it kind of digs around in the different ideas and forms of sci-fi than probably any other DC book out there. And I think the reason why <clears throat> I have to remind myself that is because I typically see Superman as dealing with more like Lex Luthor than yeah. anything else. I don't know. Batman does like a lot has been doing a lot more sci-fi stuff right now especially he, with he has. it's more of like ground grounded sci-fi mm. with gizmos and gadgets and jumping through dimensions but well it, let me put it this way superman's um, more of like the the 1950s like it came from beyond yeah no that's exactly what i mean that is exactly what i mean when i say that like i have to remind myself that that's a part of the uh, mythos background everything with Superman mm -hmm. and it, it fits really well with it because that's just a lot of fun but I am I feel like it's a comparison between the sci-fi of Star Trek versus the sci-fi of like Frankenstein you know hard versus soft They're, yeah yes that's actually or a really high good way sci-fi versus versus low sci-fi yeah yeah no I agree um it's interesting seeing so much mech stuff going on in this because I feel like it it's not out of place at all. But I guess it's just... I, I don't feel like I can recall another Superman plot line that was quite like this outside of like a Brainiac storyline or something, you know? Because with yeah. a Brainiac storyline, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's... Duh. That makes sense. Like, we know where that's going where that's come from but with this i mean there's the whole hank henshaw like origin story you've got him meeting up uh to save his sister uh john corbin not hank henshaw thank you um which i i gotta say i was pretty impressed that they put that in this issue with the killing of the father that was um comics are getting more bold these days and i've got no complaints about it it's just yeah. 
I wouldn't be. I guess I'm, I'll call it now. I wouldn't be surprised if like Brainiac is just controlling the strings of all of these guys from from beyond, just to bring it full circle. Maybe, but I still feel like there's. There's still room for revelations here. Yeah. And the way that the last page is delivered, it kind of makes me wonder if... Maybe I missed something, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Did you guys kind of get that vibe as well? Because like this with last what, panel sorry? is... Well, with this oh, last, last panel, panel, it's just her fucking mouth going ten times wider than it should. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I'm... I, I got to go back into the archives, but I'm kind of reminded of like, um, I think it's like a 2000, 2001 issue of Superman where these beings that are kind of like the Borg take over. It was like a four issue infestation or something like that. Okay. Uh, but they take over like Lois Lane and turn her into some sort of cybernetic thing. I think I know. What I you're don't think about. you need to read too much into the jaw opening wide. I think it's just an artistic decision, and she's just yes. kind of screaming energy at them. But yeah. I guess the reason why I, I like, if you look at what's going on in the background of like finding her as well, you've got like all this bio organic, uh, biomech stuff kind of everywhere, and I just don't recall Cyborg Superman ever doing stuff like that, uh, before either. You know. Well, no, but you got to remember, this, this started off as Metallo doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it turns out that it was Cyborg Superman tricking him into thinking Luther had his sister. Mm. I feel like this creative decision has actually pulled me back into Action Comics again. This issue was fun. A lot dramatically better than uh, the last one. Yeah, I, I actually am enjoying uh, Action Comics more than I am. The, the other Superman comic that yes. we've well, pretty much all dropped. I, Which let one me, have we all dropped? The, the new the Superman, Superman Josh series. One. Oh, right, yeah. Sorry, I forgot that existed for a second. I thought you That's meant... for the best. It's, <laughs> like, Kent. it's like your brain trying to take care of itself, so you just start blocking out the bad things. I'm still going to keep reading it, but I'm not excited. No. Why do you... You are a glutton for punishment. Says you. And that's coming from me. That speaks a lot. Oh, I'm going to keep reading Spider-Man, even though it's the same story over and over again. Oh, look, Parker's down on his luck. Again, what a fresh, innovative story idea. Yeah. I think that we're all guilty of having our things that we're a fan of that we're going to keep reading regardless oh, yeah. of how... Josh, did you know that Mark Guggenheim currently has a series coming out at Image? I swear to God, It's dude. called Torrent. Torrent? Yes. What, what even is it? You're the Mark Guggenheim fan, you tell me. Fine. <laughs> Mark with a C. Guggenheim. I hate you guys. Torrent. I'm just going to torrent. <sighs> Anyways. I think no. Josh has no, the worst AD- No. I think Josh inside. has the worst ADHD out of any of us, but it's just because he's an actual adult we don't realize i don't know yes. we just think he's got his shit together yeah yes. tyler you might like this this kind of looks like your hammer whatever 
comic. My hammer whatever comic. Thor. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> the uh Black uh, Hammer? Black Hammer, the dark yeah, the dark horse comic. Oh yeah, that really that cover really does look like Black Hammer or Powers. Well inside or it's it's Yeah. I yeah, this Man. is some like late two thousands kind of comic here. These are the things that they want to advertise for Mark Boone. Arrow, X-Men, Gold, Star Wars, Revelations. X-Men Gold. X-Men um, okay. I feel like Philip Kennedy Johnson is having some weird luck with action comics. It feels like he's having times where he's just knocking it out of the park, and then other times you're kind of just reading it, and you're like, oh, what's kind of going on here? It lingers I a little bit. I feel like it's kind of because he had to cut stuff short and it's like oh we're doing like the dawn of the dc thing so you need to bring him back from war world and like yeah editorial interference yeah, yeah. i think he's just struggling to keep up with the editorial interference and he's having to like moves plots along and speed them up and hmm. yeah i did really like this issue though no i really did i, I think that this is a, a big step up i feel like this is like an 8.5 for me 8.75 maybe yeah, i'd go to like 8.25 Okay. Yeah, because I feel like 8.75 is a little too high. Okay. Um, just keeping the ball rolling here. Uh, let's talk about World 3 2 uh, by James Tanney in the fourth and Fernando Blanco. Uh, this is actually the one that I wanted to talk to you about um, this week. So, this is issue two of the new series by James Tiny in the fourth. Uh, a story about a group uh, it's almost like a Stephen King story uh, about a group yeah. of adults who have, have to come together to stop an evil that yeah, uh, they had to just deal like with it. in their youth a little bit yeah but I instead s- of it being swear, a space clown I swear anytime there's like a I know you have like a reason to say it for this one but I swear just like anytime there's like a horror story I always see someone be like oh it's very much like a Stephen King story yeah but instead <laughs> so of a no, clown it's, it's, horror, it's just a it? naked killer woman nice and, and the internet the yeah. internet yeah but the what is it it's called the the internet, the internet is the for internet. porn the internet is really really great for porn so yeah. This is following uh, the fallout of the massacre at a uh, police station. Um, After the massacre in a neighborhood. Yes, which, by the way, uh, I feel like that was maybe maybe a little bit loosely uh, built upon by an actual event that happened. I believe it was in... Uh, Korea. I think it was in South Korea. It was a police officer. He had been drinking excessively. He found out his wife was cheating on him or something. His, his, he snapped. He went to the police station, gathered a collection of weapons, went home, shot his wife, and then he just went door to door and started shooting people at what appeared to be random just down his street and ended it by uh, taking a grenade and killing himself and blowing up the last house that he went to. Yeah. So, kind of like that, but uh, in the first issue, it was a young white boy who was uh, going around live streaming uh, all of yeah. the murders while uh, also showing the people that he is uh, killing right before he kills them 
what we are assumed to be uh, the undernet and because of the way that it affects them. So we don't know what the undernet is. All we know is that it has an effect on people when you witness it. Uh, and that there is a weird, like, punk rock-looking naked woman going around trying to work with the undernet. Um, seeing this collection of our main character heroes coming together for the first time in a very long time, trying to cover up the tracks, uh, trying to... Uh, minimize the amount of interactions with the internet. Uh, we also see two new characters, uh, FBI agents, who are trying well, to get to the bottom of this. Everyone in this is a new character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Tyler was like at the beginning of the episode. He was like, "Let's keep the plot description to like the length of like the back page of a book." Yeah. This, and now he's like, "I'm going to give you every this, detail about this." It's a somewhat Thanks. harder comic to no, describe what happened like this issue too there are so many moving parts and so many characters there are introduced here like every single scene has a new character or two introduced and they're mm -hmm. all interacting with each other like we meet the rest of the dream team i guess we could call them except uh the leader is nowhere to be seen uh we meet the friend of the killer who's going and Basically, like, oh, I'm the friend that goes to, you know, remove the porn once you've died, but also I'm going to capitalize on your story. So I'm here to collect mm -hmm. some information. Uh, a lawyer for the brother of the guy that killed everybody. Yeah, just a lot of new characters. A lot of new characters, a lot of moving parts, but it's told in a way that isn't um spoon fed to you i think is the big part here a lot of this is a very dialogue heavy issue yeah and since sean is so anti-bendis i guess i'm wondering how uh he dealt uh with reading this issue i didn't really feel like it was so bendy. the bendis this wasn't there's, a bendis there's a very issue. there's a the dialogue has flow to it and yeah oh my god the characters are all saying human so, things and reacting in a human manner yeah the, I think the dialogue is, is a bit clunky for most of the comic, but this conversation as they, the, this, these two people, two members of the team, Darren and Amanda, uh, as they basically like put gasoline all over the house, one of the houses to burn it down, the house of the mm -hmm. uh, killer, this whole conversation between the two of them is just so real. Like This has to have been like, a conversation that Tynion was a part of or over her. Like it, it necessarily. Has, it has like yeah. no real bearing on the rest of the comic, but it's just such a real conversation between two characters. It is. But I feel like something that Bendis has said before about when he writes conversation is, uh, and King actually has said this as well, when he's doing something that feels like a raw interaction between people you know saying the words aloud in conversation and trying to get the organic flow does help out quite a bit and i feel then like you should try doing that then to get an organic feel with this dialogue i mean this feels over this, this whole conversation yeah, no, this, right here yeah this is great this yeah. feels raw it feels like two people who have been fighting through uh probably a lifetime of depression and loneliness just dealing with their isolation together yeah, but it's like, and hey, we haven't seen I, each other for a while let's talk about some 
real shit. Raw bullshit, yeah. And then they get all that out, and then <laughs> they potentially got burnt alive. Yeah. Potentially, we'll see. Maybe yeah. a crazy naked lady who we need to start giving a name to. Her name is uh, Fear. Is that it's what just, we're going to call her? That's her name. Her name is Sphere. Okay. With the PH? Yeah. PH34R. Cool. Um I but, loved this. Yeah. This, once again, this whole com this whole conversation right here stands apart from the rest of the comic. Like yes. So much focus on this these six pages well right here i would of, maybe this challenge a 20... that the beginning is also pretty uh compelling because of the conversation between the two officers you know uh i can't remember their names but uh he's talking about silk and siobhan silk and nikki gallo yeah yeah and gallo is talking about going to the massage parlor trying to get more is... time out of getting a busted nut he is so neurotic intensely yeah more so than me <laughs> yeah i don't know like they're 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 interesting enough characters yeah a whole lot of she's like, got an eye patch josh that's an interesting she, character right there and she's got red hair so and her name is siobhan siobhan i can't wait until netflix makes an adaption of this we've got a <laughs> black detective with an irish name you we're gonna go there <laughs> yep Every time with Sean. Yeah, I, um, their bullshit is not as interesting as the later on bullshit. Just well, him being like, I think I'm getting fucked over at work because I fucked over these other guys because they can't go down the street and get a rub and tug anymore. <laughs> you think that's why I'm like, nobody, why nobody at work likes me? <laughs> she just doesn't, she just can't. She doesn't can't imagine it'd be anything but, else. You yeah. neurotic son of a bitch. Well, yeah, like I like how she's clearly just fed up with his bullshit. Yeah. Yes. That makes like me the... give it some. That makes me give it a bit of leeway because you say like, oh, the that conversation doesn't flow as well as the end. But I feel like that's intentional because yeah. this woman clearly does not give a fuck what he's saying. Yeah, she's and, not and exactly she working not with the conversation. Interact. She wants no, the conversation to be over. She wants him to shut up. Yeah. Whereas later on, they are actually talking to each other. I yeah. also feel, and I feel like, like it, it gives a degree of depth to all of the characters. Well, it kind of, like, like, made the issue, like, end with, like, a mirrored version of the beginning, almost. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Um, I think that this is the way that you can give insight to who the characters are, regardless of whatever story you're trying to tell without it being something that's spoon fed to you, you know, like people yeah. doing their monologuing backstory. Like this is just people interacting with one another. And so, yeah, the, I, I, I just want to jump ahead. Um, all the story here is great. I just think some of it rises a bit higher. Uh, but I want to talk about the art just a bit because the, the formatting of the pages like sometimes you have pictures on picture, picture in picture, you've got uh, breaking of symmetry in here. Mm -hmm. You've got um, where the the girl goes to sit at the computer and it basically like breaks the image into multiple pieces. Mm -hmm. Like she's looking at the room 
and it kind of breaks down. Like you see the room in different panels, and then there's the screen separate, the focusing in that's separate from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really break out from within the panels, but they do change the format up, even inside the individual pages. It's uh, I st- it's only at the end when we have the uh, the glitching out that it actually starts to break out across the panels. Mm. I do feel like it's it's a very rough, like sketchy kind of style of art, but I feel like it fits with this story really well. So it I feel like it really reminds me of the artwork from Nice House on the Lake, which is another Tynan book. Yeah. Um, what was the? Oh yeah. Did I? I think last time we talked about this, I kind of mentioned uh, trees with. Um, mm. I can't think of his name right now. Warren Ellis. Well, he's the writer, but the the artist for trees. Uh, it wasn't Declan Shelby, was it? Uh no, hold on. I'll tell you in just a sec. Jason Howard. Hmm. Done it again. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm engaged with this story. I'm definitely sucked in. I, I'm, yeah. I'm in for this uh, ride. I'm very curious to see where this is going to go. Oh, yeah. So, also, uh, let me see. Uh, the, the artist for uh, Lazarus. Um, Michael Lark. Yes. I see that comparison definitely. Yeah, it, it's not as refined, but I don't think they're quite using like 3D renderings like I think Michael Lark does. I think he kind of does 3D models of some of the characters. Mm. And he still can't get more than one issue out a year. They have some issues, man. Well, I don't want to talk about it. I, gotta, I, don't I know. still feel like this could have been... This is a bit of a risk for a plot because, you know, I said this before... This is uh, when you try to pitch it. What is this? Is like ooh, the dark web. Ooh, scary. it sounds but very it's cheesy. Done, yes, but it's done in a way that is very palatable and unique. So I'm very excited for something new uh, to be done with this. So I've got no complaints from this so far. Um, even when it comes down to like the flat coloring, which I usually hate. Uh, I thought was well done in this. I feel like it fits uh, overall entirely. Yeah. So I'm into it. I think this is maybe like a. Do I do I say that it's a nine? I'm going it's with a nine. Close. Yeah. Eight seven five or a nine. Like, I mean, it's out of the things that we've read so, this yeah. week, it's definitely the best thing. I would agree with that. And now, on to something that we're all very excited for, is Indigo Children 3 by Kurt Pyers, Rockwell White, and Alex Diasso. This is a missable issue. This is a missable series. Yeah. I was like, are we dropping this? And Josh, you were the one who was like, not yet. (laughs) I hadn't read issue 3 yet. I'm like, after the first two issues, like, it's fine. But issue 3, like... Okay, we get to see the team work as a team, which is cool. 
but like the plot moves along so very little over these past two issues. I just don't find it engaging. It's just yeah. getting the gang back together. I didn't think it was awful. It was finely written. Yeah. But it just was a bit meh. Yeah, so it's the, they're getting the gang back together. Um, the team are going after a woman called Rose? Yes. Something like that, yes. yeah. Who... She was taken from her family when she was a girl to be, like, the adopted daughter of a Mexican cartel leader. Who becomes the president of the country. Yes. I think that uh, this would work better as a TV series or a film. Like It does feel a bit like an elevator pitch series. Yeah, yeah the pacing is not great for a comic. Like, episode one, we get our first guy. Episode two, we get our second guy. Episode two, Indigo Child 3, on and on and on movie the beats are there for like issue one maybe the first half hour and then it's almost like a heist film where we're just getting our team members together yeah we can spend the next 20 minutes getting our members together but it doesn't quite make for a good second and third issue like maybe it gets good after this but we need to go to what cobble next to get indigo child number four and there just happens to be indigo child number five who is going to be hot on their tail yeah but i feel like next issue five is going to have a conflict or like it's going to end with indigo five showing up and attacking them which it seemed like they would have activated indigo child five after the second issue i don't know why they're waiting for like hey you should be on the lookout because the team is coming for indigo child number three now i got this we insist and okay well i guess that didn't work let's now that they've got indigo child three i guess we should get number five um i will say that there are certain creative choices that i think were very well done um certain panels i i think hit the note that they were going for and like rose waking up in the middle of the night with a little uh, indigo pops around her head or her fighting back tears facing with her captor the memory <clears throat> that is warped like the, the people yes. that are coming to kidnap her and the teeth and the faces are all just weird monsters artistically it's definitely an improvement as far as some of the creative decisions um, <clears throat> I also feel like there's a lot more detail in this than the previous issues um, uh, yeah there's more people in it too yeah. Just general audiences around. I guess I'm just wondering about what. It just feels like it's missing a bit. Like you were saying, that beats for comic books. It's it's a bit. It's it's a really big difference between the page versus the television series. You know, yeah. like if this was done in Breaking Bad style or Stranger Things style on TV, it would be great. But it's not. It's being put on comics. And with an artist who is not bad. I actually think it's... I have more praise for this artist. Yeah. I I actually feel like I have more praise for this artist because of this issue than the previous two issues. But I definitely am wondering about if, like you said, this is just something that was created specifically to pitch as a TV series or movie. Yeah. I don't know. 
you watched um what was it the the first issue reminded me of uh what was it archive 88 you watched mm-hmm. that right where it had yeah, that I kind of found it. footage recovering found footage and you had that investigative journalism trying to track something down and mm-hmm. then as soon as we tracked down Indigo Child 1, we just kind of left that all in the dust. Mm-hmm. And it just seems not so really e- sure why... It seems so easy to track down Indigo Child 2 Indigo Child 3. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like there's as much risk uh, or uh, if there's really much of a question about being able to find these people. It feels like they're just kind of doing it. And Super easy. Barely an inconvenience, you know. Yeah, which is very, it, it just feels very weak as far as building a, I guess the word I want to use is like building the layers of foundation for what holds up this plot, Yeah, you know? It just feels, <laughs> you know, it, it feels like those walkways at the airport that uh, you can just walk The escalators kind of that are flat. Yeah. It feels like that. It feels like they're just like, all right, we're going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're they're kind of playing on easy mode. A little bit. Yeah. Hey, you need to remember. 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 And there, that's it. That's done. There's no okay. issues in between. We got about the next like, hey, guy. On to the next person. one. Yeah. It- it's you know a what it bit like that Ordinary God series we read yes. by um, Kyle but I like Higgins. this more. Yeah. Yeah, dramatically so. We're, we gave Ordinary Gods a lot of room compared to this. Well, we, it's because we I thought it started off issue. quite well. Yeah, Yeah, the first issue was great, but then they, it was just like, and whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's just disappointing. Ratings? in the sixes. I don't think it was terrible. I, I'd go up into the sevens. Maybe like seven and a half. I don't know about that. Josh is somehow simultaneously super easy and super difficult to please. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I like. Everything. I feel like this is like a 6.75, I'm going to say. I'll okay. go 6.5. I can come down to a 7.25. You don't have to change your numbers at all. Yeah. You can say it was the worst thing you ever read and then give it a nine. That's okay. We'll it's we won't question you anymore. A bit planned. Yeah. You know how we always make that joke about it's the journey, the friends uh, along the way, blah blah blah. Yeah. In a way, that's kind of the thing that's missing here. You know, we aren't being taken on the journey. We are being given the journey yeah and that's but not really as well there's nothing exciting about the characters like yeah. we read the uh, regarding the matter of oswald's body last year and i feel like I'm all the characters had kind of their own vibe and they had back and forth it felt like an oceans movie yes whereas yeah. this the characters it's kind of like oh we just recruited another one they're going to get like three panels of screen time in the next issue because we're just going to be yeah. setting up this new one and but I, similarly i feel like oswald's body also suffered from that issue of just having the overall plot and story the journey of the entire thing just kind of given to you it felt like it needed another 
it, it's hard to do the uh, assassination of JFK for the fiftieth time to make it unique. Uh, yes, but, but I feel I, like I, this one. It was well told. It just felt too abrupt. It was an odd ending, yeah. Because I, rem I remember saying the ending fall. felt like. Yeah. I remember Things saying the ending apart. felt like it yeah. came. You do this on purpose, Josh. Yes, you're, he absolutely. Does. You just you just spend the whole time watching my mouth, and you're like, oh, he's lifting his lips. I'm going to talk now. He does the same thing to me. <laughs> They're on to me. Do you remember? Okay, let me. What's your favorite episode of Breaking Bad? Ozymandias. Like easily one of the best episodes. Yeah. But one of the reasons why, like, tell me why you think that that's the best episode. It's been a while since I've watched it, so I can't remember exactly what happened, but I remember being on the edge of my seat for the entire thing and my jaw dropping several times. Mm -hmm. it I feel just, like... By this point, you had the characters so built up that this was yes. kind of the climax and then next issue was kind of the payoff. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, the next episode of it was kind of the payoff. Like, everything came to a head in Ozymandias. Right. And it was one of the most intense episodes of anything ever but it stuck the landing mm -hmm. i think i mean this is the reason why we say it's an arc right it's because like once you get to that first point and you get all the way to there you've seen growth change a gigantic amount of subplot and character development i mean even just something down to just the simplicity of uh walter white killing that guy for the first time by strangling him to death with the the bike lock you know just getting him getting to see him really go into that mode and become the person that he really is essentially destined to, to become be. the danger exactly but you see these moments where he's like no i'm still good like he's still just like lying to himself about that like where when you have like a limited series in a comic book, how much of that are we really able to get? And then with tying with this recent World Tree issue, we get these characters sitting around and talking about. I just want to be told. But I want we, to be made to feel like we got I'm more character. Someone else. We got more character development and plot in this issue of World Tree than we have in all three issues of Indigo Children. Yes. And like it just the, makes you wonder about, like, how am I going to get invested? Are, pardon the pun, but the characters are paper thin in Indigo Children. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Anyway, we've rated it. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to add? Uh, I uh, just wanted to point out the uh, the scene towards, well, the, the image towards the end. They do get uh, a little wild with the art, where the, in order to give Rose back her memories, Fred has to kiss her and there's that entire prism that they are encased in. Made each panel of the prism is a different memory of them together as children. I thought that was mm -hmm. a very cool visual. Yeah, I did like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, shall okay. we... What's our pick of the week? World tree all across the board. World tree. Yeah, yeah that's flat out easily. Cool. cool. Sean, you know Next do. week's books, we have Batman 136. Um, Canonically 901. Yes, thank you, Josh. This is the Bat Cat 
Batman Catwoman issue setting up the new War of Gotham, whatever the fuck it was called, another event in Gotham City, which we're all very excited for. Um, we have The Flash 800, which is the anniversary anthology issue celebrating the character. We have stories from Jeff Johns, Mark Wade, Cy Spurrier, Josh Williamson, Jeremy Adams, and more. Damn. Uh, we have Dark Knights of Steel number eleven. Finally. Every time, every time I see an issue of this series solicited, I'm just like, "Oh yeah, that hasn't finished yet." Yeah. I always forget it's still going. The last one was the end of March. It's June. Yeah, it's been like three months, almost. I have to it's imagine the delays are because of the artist and not Tom Taylor. Yeah. Who knows? It's just because there was a fill in. Yeah, because there was a fill-in artist on one issue, and Tom Taylor's been pretty steady with all his other stuff. The mm. The first issue came out in November, the very beginning of November, 2021. So it's taken them almost two years, a year and a half and some, to do all 12 issues. Like, we will be a, a year and eight months, almost a year and nine months, to do 12 issues. Uh, it's annoying. Yeah. We have Shazam number two. We have Adventures of Superman John Kent number four. Oh, yeah. This one has a guest artist. So that's exciting. I don't even remember. Oh, now I remember what's going on. Right. Yeah. The world is silent, not because they're free, but because they're holding their breath. Yeah. The guest artist is Derek Robertson. I know that name. He did the boys. He did everything Garth Ennis. Hmm. Oh, no, no thanks. Uh, we no, have I like Phant- Derek Robertson. We have Phantom Road number four by Jeff Lemire. We have a new Loki series starting, written by Dan Waters. Because of that, I'm going to check it out. Mm-hmm. We have Steelworks number one, which is the. DC Steel series um, written by Michael Dawn wait the yes. Michael Dawn? sci-fi icon and voice of steel Michael Dawn you're shitting me no Worf? wow yes yeah Worf holy shit okay it's very a very random choice. It is the first comic he has ever written. Well, I guess it's not necessarily a big risk, is it? No. Fuck it. Uh, we have Peacemaker Tries Hard number two, mm-hmm. which is the Black Label Kyle Stark series that we all surprisingly enjoyed issue one of. Yep. We have the first issue of the second arc of Once Upon a Time at the End of the World by Jason Aaron. And a guest artist, Layla Del Duca. Did she do yeah. the others? Layla Del Duca. Yeah. Was she the main artist before? Uh, let me check real quick. No, it's Alexandre Tethenki. Yeah, Tethenki. With. There's also Nick Dragotta in there, but he's gone as well now. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so slight, we, slight art we, team. We may have up. gotten rid of Lee Lowridge. No, no, he's still on the cover. Don't yeah. worry, Josh. 
Well, he's farther down. Now it's Tamara Bonvillain. She must be colouring Leila Del Duce's artwork and Alexander yeah. Tefenki is Lilofridge. Issue 7 and issue 8 have been solicited. It's still... Yeah, issue 7 is just Jason Aaron, Leila Del Duca, and Tamara Bonvillain. Nobody else Weird. is on the cover. And the same... Well, I guess it's like the... Eight. That is strange. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we have issue nine of I Hate This Place, uh, which is the penultimate yes. issue. Yes. And we have issue eight of Love Everlasting by Tom King. Wow. Oh. Sick. And that is it, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out that uh, a week from now, so June 14th, we have uh, the new Robert Kirkman series, Void Rivals, coming out. So that's uh, Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felici coming out with Void Rivals on June fourteenth. Sick. Uh, I will uh, check out just for you, Josh. Yeah, the launch of an all-new shared universe and a surprise you won't see coming. Hmm. Well, all right then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still only four dollars. Yep. Probably a big issue. I'm just waiting for the day that $5 becomes the consistent cost of every comic book out there. It's almost there. Yeah, that Alien comic that I got, $5. Yeah, fuck that. Fucking ridiculous. It, it rang up, and I was like, did I not get my discount this week? And the guy's like, no, that this one costs $5. Ugh. All right, well, on that note, uh, I guess we can just call it good here. Uh, boys, it's always a pleasure. And for the Is listeners that... at home, fuck you. Uh, you can send us an email to the cult of comics at gmail.com for your questions, comments, concerns, uh, recommended readings, and more. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and all of the podcast locations thanks to anchor.fm. And you can go into patreon.com slash cult of comics in order to make your monthly contributions to be one of our blood boys for the dollar a month or higher level. And if you do, Join the Cult of Comics and become one of our blood boys for the dollar a month or higher level. We will always give you love shouting you out on the show. We will write you little notes, make you little drawings and pictures, and gift you some little napkins that I drew on in a diner at three in the morning when I was too drunk and needed a coffee. Hmm. Don't be surprised. If those drawings include genitals. Mom, I'm sorry. Shout out Wherever to Travolta are. the Goat. <laughs> Shout out to the Travolta the Goat uh, for being one of our patrons. And stay safe out there. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for sticking around. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Spider-Verse, 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 Spider-Verse. Spider-verse. Dash. 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 Dot, dot, dot. The three of us are in a cult.